not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of News Talk 1450 WOL, Radio 1 Incorporated, or their management. Is the Uncle Devin Show? Come on, Uncle Devin Show. Do you want to have some fun? Yeah, yeah. You want to learn something too? Yes, we do. Now, this is what you do. Tune in to All the right. Uncle Devin Happy Show. Happy Monday. I can say Happy fun. Hot yeah. Monday. I finally got some real summer weather coming here. Now, Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL 1450 AM 95.9 FM. Uh, here in the Washington, D.C. area, and those listening on the WOL D.C. News app, welcome. Happy Monday to everyone. We're going to have a have a wonderful show. I have a very special guest I'm going to introduce in just a moment, coming all the way from California. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But just to let you know, this is the Uncle Devin Show, a show where uh, we focus on the importance that music plays in a child's development. Um, what I'm doing is trying to uh, really eradicate what I call music adultification. That's where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music instead of give, providing them age-appropriate and culturally relevant music. And there's some very direct ramifications for us uh, doing that. So as I hear uh, my music go off, thank you, uh, Big Brother Alonzo, for, for doing the engineering for me as well. If you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at one 800 450-7876 that's 1-800-450-7876 and I'm really excited because this is my first one hour show here every day now coming to you from 12 to 1 and I, I want you to really understand how important this is not only to me but what I'm what my mission is because we there, there is a thriving children's music genre that just doesn't get enough publicity uh, in the country in general, but especially within the urban communities and the black communities. And that's why I'm honored to be here on um, uh, Radio One. Uh, Kathy Hughes has created the number one distributor, or she's down the number one distributor of urban content in the country. And so my job every week is to come and share with you artists, teachers, venues, educators, anyone that can help parents, teachers, and guardians um, take back control of what your children are listening to. And so I'm honored to be here. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun. I want to give a shout-out to uh, to Chrysalis. Uh, if I, I always mis mispronounce that name, but it's uh, Chrysalis Kids at um, uh, Symphony Hall over at uh, Merriweather Park. Merriweather Park at um, Symphony Hall, uh, Symphony Woods. We had a wonderful time yesterday. Oh, my God, that place is awesome. They have other uh, wonderful uh, acts coming up, and I'm hopeful going to ha hopefully have them in studio with us within the next couple of weeks. Um, but you know, as a drummer, y'all know what I did. You know, I kicked it. You know, I got to kick it. We we using their children are dancing, and Mr. Grasshopper playing his flute. But I also kicked up some uh, pollen, so that's why I'm sitting here sounding a little bit like Barry White on a uh, crack or something. I don't know what you call it, but but anyway, so bear with me. So I'm gonna stop talking as much as I bring in my um, a good friend. Um, like I say, he's coming in from. Uh, California, and also just in case those who are in the Washington D.C. area, um, uh, you can go to my calendar at theuncledevinshow.com, and you can see the whole summer programming that we have. In fact, on this Friday, uh, June twenty eighth, I'm gonna be at the Ellen Coolidge Burke Branch uh, Library in Alexandria, Virginia, for two shows, uh, one at ten thirty and one at eleven. I'm sorry, ten thirty and one at twelve, and then on Saturday. 
If anybody ever wanted to, I know it seems like you might want to beat Uncle Devin up. Well, you can't do that, but I have the, the next best thing. I have my percussion playground. Now, what this is, is I set up all of my percussion instruments. Um, we have three different sections. We have one that's just pretty much for the bits, the little little toddlers where they can do the shakers and all that. They can come and have at all the shakers that I have. I have one section that is full of all your your drums, so like your rolling rollo toms, the timbale, the the congas, and then I have a little miniature drum set, and that's the one that always gets the most uh, publicity on that. So we're going to be over at the uh, this is sponsored by the Explore DC Children's Museum. Uh, over on 400 Gallo- uh, Galloway Street Northeast um, in, in the community where I live. Um, and that's going to be really from 10 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. So you can come and beat up Uncle Devin's drums all day long uh, because one of the things I want children to have the exposure of is um, touching the instruments and playing the instruments uh, because it can really have uh, long-term effects on them. So enough about me. I want to now bring in, uh, like I say, a, a dear friend of mine who I met uh, in New York City. I think that was 2013. It was probably my second year going to the uh, KindyCom. Uh, she uh, comes out of Los Angeles, California, but her roots are in New Orleans, and you're going to hear a little bit more about that. So I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to, to invite Ashley St. Armand, or as she goes by, Jazzy Ash. Welcome to the Uncle Devin Show. Thanks for having me. Oh, this is so exciting. I've been waiting to get you here, and I know we talk a lot um, and and we could have done it by phone, but I, if I can, if I can have people in studio, it just kind of gives it a different vibe. So, first of all, what do you what what brought what brings you to DC? I know you just had a show yesterday. Is that correct? Yeah, I had a show in the uh, the V of DMV area, yes, that's in right. Virginia. That's right. Um, and uh, in McLean, Virginia, specifically, uh-huh. and um, and really just kind of spending time here. I love the city so much, and um, and I, I have the privilege of traveling all around the country, sharing my music with everybody and the kids and their families. So that's well, see, why I'm here. And see, that's what I, I and, and that's my next phase is to take the Uncle Devin show nationally. And I've been following your career, a tremendous career. Talk a little bit more about who you are. Um, I know you're in California, but tell tell the audience a little bit about your background. I am uh, a kids music artist because uh, I started with preschool music. I was a preschool music teacher locally. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I started to um, write my own songs. So I started writing my own songs in, because, you know, for necessity in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then the children's parents started saying, well, where can I get this music? And I said, well, I just made it up. So mm-hmm. we started making CDs. Right. And then... Uh, the CDs turned into a concert for an album release party, and that turned into a band, and it sort of progressed from there. And at first I was doing general children's music, then it steered into jazz because that's my cultural background. Uh-huh. And um, and now jazz is sort of the focus of everything that I do. Now talk about your jazz background. I know, like I say, coming out of New Orleans, what, what type of influence did that have on your, on your music? Uh, you know... It really feels more cultural than musical for me. Okay. Um, Explain that. I, I think okay. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I th- because I didn't grow up in a musical family. I mean, my mother is, a, you know, she sings and she's a preschool music teacher as well. Okay. But it wasn't right. about playing instruments so mm-hmm. much as having that as a cultural soundtrack mm-hmm. to right. our lives. Right. And the more that I dig into jazz, the more I feel like I'm reading a history book of my own family. Ah. And, um, and I find the story of jazz so fascinating and okay. how this music comes from, you know, the, the darkest of times mm-hmm. um, in our, in our cultural, cultural mm-hmm. history. Right. Um, and the fact that they took those, that pain and made something so beautiful. Um, right. It's just, 
phenomenal to me. Well, and then also that you continue in that tradition uh, for children to understand and to love. Now, I know you've been featured in the New York Times, uh, NPR, uh, Star Tribute, Los Angeles Times, uh, and and more. Um, so, talk about your music. How many CDs do you have? We have four CDs out there. Okay. Um, the fir- the first three mm-hmm. are CDs that. Um, are primarily almost exclusively music that I wrote on my own. Mm-hmm. So I'm very proud of those. And our fourth album is a totally different kind of project. Um, it's called Swing Set. It's our latest album. It's been out a couple of years, but um, we recorded it at uh, Big Ego Studios in Long Beach. Yes. And it was all recorded live. Uh, so everything was, you know, nobody was excluded. It was mm-hmm. done by tracks. It mm-hmm. feels more like a concert for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And there just happens to be microphones in the space. Uh, yes. And uh, my mother is on those tracks, my children, my, my community. I'm also a local teacher. And mm-hmm. uh, those, the, the, the students, some of my students were in the studio as well. Yes. And of course you were in there. Yeah, you know, I had a chance to fly out to LA and, and Ego, you said Ego Studios. Is that what big, it is? Big Ego. Big Ego. They were wonderful. Um, but that, just to see that experience, I mean, I, what, what I did with her, and you can see it, uh, we're going to give her, uh, give the Jazzy's, uh, Jazzy Ash's w- uh, website in a minute and YouTube page. But I did the Handbone with her, and then it was her bur- bur- bass, bass player. But yes. talk a little bit about Swing Set. Well, give us the, what does that uh, compliment that album about? Yeah, all about? Hmm? That, that album, so I was, as I was saying, my first three albums were mostly originals. Swing Set is all about music that was originally performed by African Americans. Okay. And most of the songs were not originally um, performed by people who were professional musicians. So we really dug to find songs that were created in communities. Mm -hmm. So field songs, worker songs, playground songs, songs that were created for for children, by children, Mm -hmm. and have continued to uh, flourish through generations. And I'm so fascinated by oral music tradition Mm -hmm. because it, it... because it's passed down orally, it leaves room to reflect community, mm-hmm. and so it's such a, it's a, almost like a little history book every time you hear these songs, mm-hmm. and it changes regionally, it changes generationally. Mm-hmm. So, for example, you take a song like Miss Mary Mac. Mm-hmm. Every time I perform that song in a different part of the country, someone will yell out in the audience, "Well, I learned the different lyric," or right. "I clap it differently." Right. And I find that so fascinating. Yes. So, anyway, swing sets all about that. And then it, of course, has a jazzy twist because I'm Jazzy Ash. Well, <laughs> well that's well, you, that, that jazz was uh, was evident. That band you had was just a swinging. It was nice. And what I also loved was the song that you had, the tap dancer. Yes. So Sarah, I'm going to butcher her last name. Mm-hmm. I'll spell it R E I C H. Reich? Reich? Right. Reich? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. <laughs> Sorry, Sarah. Um, Sour Taps. She's at Sour yes. Taps. Sour but, Taps. Okay. Um, but she's a phenomenal uh, tap dancer. And for some reason on Hambone, I could not clap or stomp and sing at the same oh, time. Oh, really? So remember she came in. Yeah, that's in right. And she, and she did, she she did and a foot she, stomp. That's so right. So if you hear a, a foot stomp in that song, that's Sarah because yes. I couldn't figure out how to do that and sing at the same time. I can play ukulele and wash one, yes. but I can't stomp apparently. Uh, wow. Anyway, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. But she came in and she danced on a tune called, um, wait. I can't think of the tune, but anyway. Yeah, we'll pull um, it up. Yeah, we'll pull that up. Well, in fact, how can people reach you and get to your music? What's what's your information? Uh, my website's called jazzyash.com. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media at Facebook and Instagram at heyjazzyash. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, my music is anywhere music is sold, so the iTunes and the Amazon Music and all the other things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you hear in the background, that's one of her songs there. Uh, I wasn't trying to pull it up, but it just popped up on my phone. But yeah, um, uh-huh. but she's on um, "Ball in the Jack" is the name of that song. And, okay, and uh, you can um, 
anyways, really fun tune. She's a, we were able to bring in so many fun artists on this on this record, um, and including uh, Phil, the Filipino fiddle player, yes, who's yes. become my one of my main cats. And we just did a, a trio tour mm-hmm. uh, in the Iowa area, the Quad Cities, Illinois right. slash Iowa area. Right. And um, I just love how making music also makes me friends. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, it, it's been my pleasure to just meet so many different people that I wouldn't necessarily have other opportunities to so, so socialize mm-hmm. with or right. learn about. Right. And um, people are coming from all sorts of places, but music is universal. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Well, you know, and you can hear uh, Jazzy Ash prominently on um, I Am We Nation Radio, which is a sponsor for today's show. I Am We Nation Radio is the first 24-7 online children's music radio station for pretty much dedicated to the urban community uh we bring in, we're bringing music that you may not hear on other mainstream radio children radio programs uh so that you can know that we exist i mean we have uh we have a thriving community of artists uh, jazzy is just one i'm one there's so many others some you've seen on the show already uh but if you go to www.imwenation.com Dot com. that's i am we nation and we is, is spelled uh is really w e e it stands for Watoto Entertainment and Education. Uh, and Watoto is Swahili for children. And so um, we, we're bringing an urban twist to, to children's music, and we're trying to provide a platform uh, by which people can have an easy way to communicate uh, with our community. And so um, I know that and we want, uh, when we come back in, in, in just a moment, I'm going to talk a little bit more about your other CD projects, and also I want to talk to you about why is children's music important? Mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the real, real importance of children's music? I know that, again, you had a CD in 2012, 2014, 2015, and now 2017. So we'll talk about um, any and all those. We, we'll talk about any and all, all of those when we come back. But the most important thing, again, is, um, you know, I really want to get into, from your perspective when, when we return, uh, is the importance that children's music play and why, why children's artists. And, you know, I, I assume that you're a full-time children's artists yes okay and we want to talk about the pros and cons of that okay okay um if you're listening uh you have other artists out there and you want to come in and chime in give us a call at 1-800-450-7876 that's 1-800-450-7876 uh this is uncle devin's show here on wol 1450 am 95.9 fm where information is power uh stay tuned and we're gonna come right back with the one and only jazzy ash Storm for 1450 AM, 95.9 FM, WOL, where information is power. And we're back. Welcome back to the Uncle Devin Show here on WOL, 1450 AM, 95.9 FM. And, you know, if I'm not mistaken, this is probably the first children's music radio programming uh, in Radio One's history that focuses specifically on the importance that children's music plays. And I was watching um, a little bit. I didn't watch a lot of the BET Awards last night. Um, and, uh, of course, I was excited because they were representing uh, D.C. Uh, they, they opened up with all the D.C. greats, Sugar Bear and uh, Funk and all the, all the D.C. 
DC greats. And I tweeted um, during that time period that I, I appreciated the the awards because they recognized the excellence in you know in, in African Americans and other minorities. Um, but one thing that they don't do is recognize the work that we do as children artists. On the other hand, organizations like the Grammys and the Latin Grammys have a category specifically focusing in on uh, on children's music. And so my guest is Jazzy Ash, all the way in from uh, Los Angeles, California. Well, you live in the area. Is it Orange County specifically. Well, you're in Orange, Orange County. The L.A. works. Okay, L.A. works, right. <laughs> L.A. adjacent. <laughs> and you are a full-time artist. Yes. Um, with the New Orleans uh, flair. Um, now, talk about being a full-time artist. Talk a little bit about when did you first become a full-time artist, <laughs> and what made you decide to do that? Um, I, this is what I love to do. I'm passionate about it, and even with the ups and downs, and there are definitely those, um, I, I never feel more at home mm -hmm. than when I'm singing. Right. Um, so this is this is my artistry, this is my craft, and I'm never going to you know, steer away from it. Now, being a full-time artist can have a lot of different iterations. Mm -hmm. So I've talked to you know artists who are driving for uber yes. artists who teach and i don't think that that means you're any less of an artist that's you know? right that just means that you're making ends meet while you're doing what you love that's right and i happen to love teaching as well so i don't <laughs> consider teaching to be like you know my side job I, I also because my so what i teach is i teach drama and i teach uh, vocal performance okay so as i'm doing those things i feel like i'm also practicing my craft and mm -hmm. sharing that craft with another generation mm -hmm. and it's with children so everything i do has to do with music and children mm -hmm. um and whether that's in the classroom or on a stage um it's it's what i do mm -hmm. and um, i'm working on some new projects and they're a little bit different than what i've done in the past but it's all around music mm -hmm. or entertainment and children and okay. um Doing it full time is a little scary. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to have some practical skills like budgeting. Yes. <laughs> um, but I can't imagine anything else. So I guess I'm just going to make it work. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and you also have performed for adults as well. Talk about the comparison between doing adult shows versus children's shows. Okay. Complete truth. I've only done one adult show. Really? Yes. I thought you've done and it. was okay. recently, okay. just last year. I know, right? Yes. Um, people think that for me all the time. Now, my musicians, they mm -hmm. play with all the different sorts of bands, uh, country band, Irish band, yeah. rock band, the 90s cover band, that kind mm -hmm. of stuff. But me, I've always done kids music because right. I started in the, in the classroom and expanded from there. Mm -hmm. um, I did get a chance to play in uh, a, a, a big swing band Okay. Um, yeah. once. Right. And uh, God, that was awesome. Yes. But, um, yeah. But yeah, most of my work has been dedicated to exclusively to work, working with kids. Yeah. My bandmates, however, you know, from what they tell me, uh, the, their difference between performing for adults versus kids is kids are just so much more engaged. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, they play a lot of, like, casuals, you know, professional, I mean, uh, what do you call it, corporate gigs. Yes. So they're kind of like, you know, yeah. they're part of the scenery, basically. Right. Whereas kids, they, they just can't wait to ask us questions. And yes. they want to they tell us how they want to do this when they grow up. And um, they write us letters. And um, you really don't get that from an adult audience. Well, I mean, I think that's the other part of it is that not only are they engaging. Um, I mean, I, I was a, an adult performer in terms of doing jazz and R&B and hip hop and all of that. But uh, I've never... Um, receive the type of gratification that I've received since uh, really becoming a full-time children's artist. Mm -hmm. Now, I know my, menti my mentors, Kathy and Marcy, are trying to talk me out of that. They're like, stop limiting yourself to children's oh. music. 
But after a while, uh, at least right now, it, it, you, you want to perfect your craft. And I can easily see myself getting sucked back into uh, playing, um, you know, other uh, gigs uh, geared toward adults. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at some point, I, you know, I still every now and then I'll get one. I, you know, someone had me play with them at Blues Alley not too long ago and a couple of other shows. But um, but I think that the most important thing is, um, you know, doing what you love doing really what you love and and seeing the joy on on those children's faces is just incredible and now do you talk about your music do you dumb down your music uh absolutely not yes <laughs> um and, and you were asking me why children earlier yes and um so i wanted to respond to that too maybe i can do it kind of twofold sure but yeah our music is not dumbed down or watered down at all no it and isn't. uh all the musicians i work with are professional musicians mm-hmm. full-time studied music in, in college or in some other capacity. So, um, and this is not like, well, I failed at adult music, so I'm doing kids now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them, like I said, are still doing music for other audi- types of audiences. Mm-hmm. But this has become such a calling for yeah. me. Yeah. Before I was just like, this is a cool, fun thing to do. And, mm-hmm. and, and it still is fun, especially when we do summer programming because it's more about like families gathering. Mm-hmm. But even when we do family programming and student audiences, mm-hmm. you know, through a school setting, both of those have this feeling like we're doing something important. We're gathering generations mm-hmm. together. Yes. I really consider it family music right. for me rather than music for kids. Exactly. Um, because I want the older people, not just like, you know, the, there's the famous kids music phrase like music that you want, won't make you want to stab your eyes out, yeah, you know, and yeah. it's, it's, it's that. But more than it that, it's, I want somebody to take hold of that and say, wow, I haven't thought about that song in a long time mm-hmm. since I was a child mm-hmm. and where that takes them. Or I didn't know that my daughter also knew this song. So right. it's kind of like this connection opportunity. Right. And also part of what I do, especially, so we have a show called The Riverboat, mm-hmm. and that's our main touring show, and it's for student audiences. So we go to large performing arts centers and perform for audiences of students up to 2,000 kids at a time. Mm-hmm. And that show is about the history of jazz in America. And now it's full of music and fun and dancing, and it's very interactive. But at the end of the day, we're talking about what the music about the African-American culture has been and what it's meant to this community. Mm -hmm. And through that, you can't talk about that without talking about things like slavery and segregation. Mm -hmm. And so these are very heavy topics. And so that's what I mean when I say this has sort of become a calling Mm because I feel called to share this with audiences of of all different, you know, mm-hmm. races and creeds, because we all need to know that this is part of our communal history. Right. Um, and it's been really, really beautiful to share that. And I get sometimes kind of comical letters that kids mm-hmm. are saying, I really love learning about jazz today and slavery. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Well, I think I did my job. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I have teachers say to me all the time, you know, <laughs> I, I didn't, I didn't know how to approach these subjects. Right. And especially if they're, for example, a white American, um, teacher that has african-american students right how do you how do you approach this topic when your your cultural background Mm -hmm. represents you know the the oppressor Mm -hmm. and that's hard Mm -hmm. to say out loud to Mm -hmm. a room full of eight-year-olds yeah but um they'll come to my concert and say you know this gave us the avenue to start having some really important conversations right um and we need to know this and where do you learn these things but in school, in your childhood, that, that's where it should start. Yeah, we can't kick people out into the world without having this without having this foundational truth. Well, I also think that um, we have to educate parents on how to take back control of what their parents, I mean, what their children are listening to. Um, you know, really, in our community, mm-hmm. um, I hear I get a lot of parents that say that they, you know, they they have a hard time sharing the music that they listen to with their children because it's just inappropriate. 
um, but they don't know where else to go, which is why we created IamWeNation.com. Uh, um, and, and the others. And so the work that people like yourself are doing and the reason why we have this program is so that you know that there is, um, I mean, you can probably po- purchase a CD every day for one year of all the artists uh, in, in, in uh, who are of color or uh, uh, different minorities. And you will have, it's that much music that's out there, but no one is really giving us that platform, which is why we created this station to give mm-hmm. artists and, and others the, you know, that, that particular platform. And so I, I, I commend you for the, for the work that you've done. And I know you have that, uh, you, you have one CD, the very first CD that you came out with, um, uh, which I thought was phenomenal. Was that ready? ready yeah. Yes. And by the way, just out of, you know, whenever I do a show, I generally will play that song as I'm setting up. Uh, I want all my kids ready. Is that it? Uh, my kids yes. ready. I want all my kids ready. Ready, ready to, to have some fun. fun. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love it. It is It is slamming. So talk a little bit about that that CD when you came out. And when you first, when you when you came out with your first. From the jumps. Yeah, from, from the beginning. <laughs> that album is, it came straight out of my, my preschool experiences. So, well, not my preschool experience, but my my experience teaching in preschool. Um, so uh, those are songs that I made up and I'd say, you know, I was using a lot of songs from other really great artists, but mm-hmm. I wasn't really writing my own mm-hmm. until a student, I, I noticed like, okay, we need a song to, to gather all these kids together. Mm-hmm. We need a song about um, cleaning up after yourself or whatever. And so I would just start writing these songs and mm-hmm. then we eventually had enough to make an album. And so that that is the album. And someone asked me, like, which album is best for my preschool or, or okay. which album can I use in my preschool classroom? That's the one that okay. I point them to. Okay. And in fact, is that the song that you have, the one where you partner with someone talking about the, um, what's the bicycle? Um, no, I think that one is on Home. Uh, is that What is that one called? That um, one's uh, the Tandem Bike. The Tandem Bike, yes. Oh, <laughs> that wait, is an actually I love that song. A wonderful... With um, Chris Weisers. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. A.K.A. Boom. And they're talking about just kids having fun on a tandem bike and falling down and getting back up. And, can, you know, and, and the one thing I always want to talk to artists is that we do have to be serious because uh, we have to provide what what the community isn't providing historically, politically, all of that. But also yeah. we just got to have fun. Uh, yeah. We don't want all the music to simply just be your history and math and study and read. You know, one of my favorite, one of my biggest hits on, on my, on my first CD was I like onions. Yeah. <laughs> I love, love that jam. People love that song. I can but hear it, the drums for that, yeah, that track right now. That's right. And, but, but the fact is, is it is teaching them about vegetables because onion is one of the most um, beneficial be- vegetables that are out there. So, yeah. So I tell you what, when we come, we're going to take another quick break. We want to um, uh, transition to uh, get some more uh, traffic and weather for you in just a moment. But when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about, you, get your perspective on why do you believe that children's music isn't prevalent in the in the black community? Mm. Okay. And, and what can be done to change that? Mm. You're listening to uh, Uncle Devin's show here on WL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM, here where information is power. We'll be right back. Good afternoon. 
afternoon. I'm Rick Hoschel. Here's the latest from NewsOne.com, brought to you in part by Big Al, the law office of Richard Klein. Big Al, tell everybody what phone number to call if they ever get into an accident. 1-800-HURT-123. We'll make sure the insurance company pays for all your medical bills. Big Al is a law firm of Richard Klein. A memorial service is being held for the Prince George's County woman who was found dead in her hotel room in the Dominican Republic along with her fiancé. The service for Cynthia Day is being held today at the First Baptist Church of Glen Arden. A Metro Transit police officer's conduct under investigation after a confrontation at the U Street Metro station. Witness video shows an officer teasing an unarmed man multiple times during a confrontation on the platform. News brought to you in part by La Quinta by Wyndham. La Quinta by Wyndham, spacious rooms, free high-speed Wi-Fi, everything you need to more than succeed. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you triumph. Book direct at LQ.com. I'm Rick Hoschel. When you're looking for news for Black America, go to news1.com. And we're back. You're listening to the inaugural one-hour edition of the Uncle Devin Show here on WL 1450 AM and 95.9 FM. And I'm just um, honored, and I want to just give a shout-out to the one and only Kathy Hughes, uh, for even creating uh, this venue for me to be here, and which is one of the reasons why I'm really, really, really pushing uh, this whole aspect of children's and family music. Um, I think there is a demand for it, but people don't even know what it looks like. Um, I have fa- um, fa- family and friends, when I first told them I was doing children's music, they looked at me and said, what do you mean? I mean, and how, how are you making a living off of that? How are you, how you going to... I mean, they just had... It, the, the concept of it was just totally foreign. And then, but when they come to a show, they're able to see certain things. So uh, my guest today is none, none other than Jazzy Ash here on WL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM. And my show is geared toward educating teachers, parents, and guardians about the importance that music plays in a child's development uh, and eradicating what I call music adultification. That's um, where we force our children to listen to inappropriate adult music. Uh, and also today's show is sponsored by IamWeNation.com. Uh, IamWeNation.com is the first 24-7 online music radio station dedicated to children of the urban community and beyond. You can tune in right now. You're going to hear Jazzy Ash. You're going to hear little Uncle Devin. But you also will hear, I don't know if many people know that, um, uh, Beyonce. Oh. Uh, her her sister Solange. Oh, Solange did a wonderful children's CD. She sure did. I heard it. Yes, uh, I mean it was phenomenal. I mean Andre three thousand for the, all the old school hip hoppers. Uh, he used to have a wonderful show. Um, I want to give a shout out to a culture queen who who put me in contact with that CD. Um, and also, um, I mean you'll hear a little bit of everyone, but those are the national acts. But there are many people just like uh, Jazzy who make it a living, uh, and you may not hear them. And I want to make them a household name. So talk a little bit, Jazzy, about. Um, why do you think that children's music is not prevalent, um, uh, as, as prevalent in the black community? Oof. Um, and we've thought about this and talked about this a little bit before. Yes. Um, I think it's because, and I really had to sit down and think about this when I was, I was, had an interview and somebody asked me this question. Mm-hmm. I think it's because in the black community, we don't do things separately for our children. In okay. other words, mm-hmm. if you don't have an adult meal and then kids get to eat kids food. Right. That's it's, right. That's right. You have a meal and you either eat it or you don't. Right. Right. Um, you listen to what your mama wants to listen to in the car. Uh huh. You, you don't cut on the TV on your own, you know? So we do have obviously like cartoons and yes. and stuff like that. Um, but it's just not a thing that we do to make content mm-hmm. or products mm-hmm. for kids separately. That's not something that we do in our community. Yes. And so, um, uh, and we don't like 
invest in our kids in, in that way, mm-hmm. in that way. And that's really it. It's, it's an investment. Um, and I think part of it is that if you turn on to most of the um, children's music programming, whether it's, you know, online or you know, or other other stations, XM or what have you, you may not hear music that reflect um, the African-American experience as much. Yeah. Now, although on one of the XM radio stations, your song definitely was number one for a while when you one of your songs. He did heebie-jeebies. <laughs> yeah, you got to hear the heebie-jeebies. That was great. And so you know, and I and but I understand why because they have to also cater to their audience, and their audience primarily are majority white audiences that listen to more folk and pop and rock music. So that's why we're creating what we create so that you can you will hear uh, hip hop and go go and the New Orleans sound and reggae. Last week, you know, we had uh, Father Goose. Who, um, who who specializes in in the reggae sound, a Grammy award winning artist, um, you know, when it comes to that. So I think that's really the, the the most difficult thing is once we 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 open up those those venues. Now, um, I'm, I'm you a couple of years ago, I remember you traveled to New Orleans. Yeah, I traveled in New Orleans a lot. I was actually just there like three weeks ago. Oh, and you did a performance there. Well, you actually you did some video shoots. Um, I've done a, I've done quite a few things. There, okay, but um, yeah, they have a, a wonderful children's museum there that I've performed at a couple of times. Uh-huh. I made a mu- music video for Heebie-Jeebies. Yes, uh, that's in the what. French yes, Quarter. that was so. It, it, and, and you kind of did it. It wasn't like a black and white. Yeah. Yes. And shout out to. Um, Oh no! Oh, oh! <laughs> um, I can think of his real name, but anyways, CJ. CJ Jar. Oh, oh, CJ Mr. Cook- stands oh, yeah. for Cookie Jar. Mr. Cookie Jar, who Mr. I got to get on the air. Yes. Um, who gave? It was an app that that makes your videos look like that. So we literally shot it on iPhone. Oh. Shot it to iPhone, I guess. No. Wow. But um, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's really fun. And then we're working on some new projects right now that um are based on New Orleans culture. So we've spent quite a bit of time down there. Oh, okay. And if you want to join the conversation, won't you give us a call and talk to us a little bit about your experience? I mean, if you've never heard of children's music, give us a call. Talk to us. Um, if you are a parent uh, that struggle with this issue of children's music and, um, and, and, you know, I'm curious to know, what did you do when you came to that point? You know, when you want to play some of your, your, your Jay-Z or whatever, and you realize, you know what, this might not be good for, for my child. What did you play? Uh, give us a call at 1-800-450-7876. Also, um, I, I know that we have some other artists out there that are, that are listening. Um, you can also send us a question through our Facebook app on UncleDevinShow.com. We, we're streaming live right now, and I want to give a shout-out to uh, Celine Waters, uh, Mystical Waters. Thank you for listening, and also my mother-in-law, uh, Geneva, Geneva Jenkins, uh, and my parents as well. But give us a call, 1-800-450-7876, um, with some more information. Now, you had talked about the riverboat. I want to talk a little bit more about that. You said you're dealing with the history of jazz in, in, in America. Yeah. Um, how has that been – how do children relate to that when you, when you discuss that? Um, we're used to the first 10 minutes being a warm-up. Yes. You know. Yes. First of all, you tell kids they're going to a jazz concert. Uh-huh. So they're like, oh, great. You know, uh-huh. they, they have their ideas about what that looks like. Right. And especially if our audiences are anything older than four, eight, uh, fourth grade. Uh-huh. So when you're talking about fifth, sixth, seventh graders, they're right away looking at us and saying, mm-hmm. uh, you know, oh, my gosh, I don't know if I love this. And um, but, right, you know, within 10 minutes, we have them hooked because it's a really fun show. It's interactive. Um, and we sort of. You know, I spent a lot of time crafting this show. So that means that, um, you know, 
I'm very careful about the the moments in which we slip in mm-hmm. the conversation about segregation and, mm-hmm. and, and slavery and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, I, you know, I can kind of quote my show almost verbatim, but um, when I talk about slavery, I said, you know, we, no, we've already have danced a little bit and yes. sang. And I said, now, wow, wait a minute. Where does this music come from? Right. Where does jazz originally come from? Where it comes from West Africa. Mm-hmm. Now, how did that get here? Right. Slavery. And right. then I say the word slavery on stage. And you see some of the adults, like, kind of their eyes start to shift. Yeah. But I, then I say the reason why it came here is because these people came here with nothing except their music traditions. Because where do you keep those? And then I see a bunch of kids hold their chest and then they, they yell out loud and they say, in my heart, in your heart. You know, so it's I come from a very lovely place when I mention these things. When I talk right. about segregation, mm-hmm. it's almost towards the end of our show. Yes. And we've played all these songs together and we interact really well together on stage. And I really say that my, my bandmates are like my brothers. And I mean mm-hmm. that wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. And um, we come from all different kinds of backgrounds. Yes. And I tell the students that just 60 years ago, mm-hmm. your grandma's age, probably, mm-hmm. you know, um, it was it may have been illegal for us to be. a band. Absolutely. And they get it outraged. Right. For, for us, you know, and, and so we, even though we, we had, didn't have to face that discrimination, they can see a real representation of what that could have looked like right. in front of them. Right. And now they see that. So if you read that in a textbook and says, well, segregation happened in, from this year to this year in the right. United States. Right. Okay, you can pass by that. Right. When we're standing on a stage and saying, hey, we couldn't do this mm-hmm. just a generation before. Right. Now it feels real. Right. Now they're invested. Yes. So that's kind of how we approach it. And, you know, I always talk about in my show, um, I'm always giving homage to those that have come before us um, as a drummer. I think uh, this year is the 100th uh, birthday of the year that the great Max Roach, the drummer Max Roach, uh, was born. And so I do a little piece, uh, one of his songs, it's called Mop Mop. It's a, it's a great call and response piece that he wrote years ago uh, where I'm trying to keep, get them connected in a fun way with history. And uh-huh. so and that's that's a great, great piece that I do there. But then also I'm playing Duke Ellington and Ella Fitzgerald. And um, but then, you know, we'll swing around. I'm doing some some I mean, we do a little bit of everything because the music is just so rich, yes. um, you know, that we that we play. And if you want to join the conversation, you can give us a call at one eight hundred four five zero seven eight seven six. That's one eight hundred. Four five zero seven eight seven six, and let's go back to some of your um, your your albums. So we talked about swing set, and you had Bon Voyage, and that mm-hmm. was in twenty fifteen, mm-hmm. um, and it was just so much. I mean, I love that song, the uh, Type Rope Walker. Yeah, oh, so that goodness. album's all about uh, movement. So <clears throat> okay. I, that's why I probably should have thought about that earlier when mm-hmm. you asked me what album Tandem Bike was on, because it's clearly on that one because it's all about moving. So Tandem Bike is about moving on a bicycle, mm-hmm. and Tightrope Walking is walking on a tightrope, and there's all these other songs about the way that we, we move our bodies and how mm-hmm. um, body movement can be musical, too. Yeah, that's It has right. a rhythm to it. That's right. That kind of thing. Yeah. I did want to respond to something you said earlier. I was thinking, sure. mm-hmm. um, you know, we are saying, like, why why aren't they playing more people of color on, on radio stations mm-hmm. and stuff? I, and it kind of ties back to what we were saying about like not not know the not knowing. Yes. So there's there aren't that many of us making the music in the uh-huh. first place, okay. right? So you know I feel like there's a lot of white American music artists who are making and submitting and know how to submit their music to these radio stations or the, to mm-hmm. or, or how to audition for TV shows and yes. all that stuff. We don't even consi- either. We don't know about it. Or we don't consider it a, a full time profession. Yes, you got to pay your bills and stuff. You're thinking like, well, I'd love to make kids music, but I have to go to my full time job. That kind of thing. Right. 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 So I think 
part of our job is to get out there and let more people know that this is a real thing. That's right. I mean, I've never made more money until I became a children's artist, quite honestly. Same. Working all the jazz concerts, and you're out late at night playing three, four hours, and people are halfway paying attention to you, and they're smoking and drinking and watching TV. Whereas a children's show, what, 45 minutes, maybe an hour? Maybe an hour. Maybe. The longest show I've I've, I've played is 75 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I I did go and see the Alphabet Rockers when they were in town, and they were performing at the National Museum for African American History and Culture. And uh, who I'm going to have on the the air, uh, we're working out the details now, so hopefully within the next couple of weeks I'm going to have them on the air. Uh, But they did uh, actually a two-hour set, and I hadn't seen that before, but their show was phenomenal. I mean, they, they had the DJ, and um, you know, they got the kids up and going, so I thought that was great. But as an artist, um, I just think that you're right. We have to make more artists aware of it, which is why I'm always vocal. And, and I call it, um, I don't blame, I'm not mad at anyone, because I didn't think about children's music until about 10 years ago. It isn't, you know, I can't sit here and be holier than now. And act like I've always had the answers. It's just something that has been prevalent in our community. And and once I figured that out, I said, well, let me be one of the people, one of the many people who are championing this, right. championing this, this whole cause. Right. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think what, what, you know, when we talk about the BET Awards on IamWeNation.com website, I have what I call a friendly petition. It's a friendly petition to get the NAACP Image Awards, the Soul Train uh, awards, uh, the BET Awards, and now the Urban One Honors Awards to recognize excellence in children's music. Mm. Um, because people, like yeah, Latin yeah. Grammys, they have yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, and 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 so Latin Grammys focuses specifically on those who feature and can and, and uh, I guess focus on uh, the Latin American community. But they have a, a category specifically for children's music. They sure do. The Grammys have has one just for children's music. We don't even think about it in our community. And so that's one of the I things that we're doing. I thought about it like that. That's so true. Yeah. And so if you want, you can go to I Am We Nation. You'll click uh, click on petition. And I call it a friendly petition because I guarantee you that most of them just never thought about it. And I thought, and I believe if they think about it, they will um, they will add it to it because we all one family and we need each other um, in this process. Yes. Yeah. And so you're listening to uh, Uncle Devin here on WL 1450 AM, and I'm honored to be interviewing my my guest, uh, Jazzy Ash, uh, Ashley St. Armand, uh, coming all the way from uh, California. Uh, and you, talk also a little bit because um, maybe this is me even p- pulling something from you. The, the 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 nationwide tours that you do. What what's what, what's some of the areas of the country you performed? Well, I have a, I'm going live, so I can't pull it up. But I have this app on my phone uh-huh. that I, where I can pin all the places I've been. Oh wow! And so um, it kind of makes a smiley face. So uh-huh. I've been you know from coast to coast, but on the southern route. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yes. So yes. Um, gosh, it, I, I've been so blessed to go a lot of places. I, we've been to. Statesboro, Georgia, uh, mm-hmm. Champaign-Urbana, Illinois. I've been right. to um, Iowa. I've been to Arizona. I've performed in Lincoln Center, New York. I've performed in Philadelphia. I've performed in D.C. here in the city. Um, so many places. Mm-hmm. And people are already asking me, why did I do it like that? And I think primarily it's because it, it's really hard to get a gig in L.A. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was shocked when you so, first told me that. It's but. really hard. And there are the kids music artists that I've talked to kind of say the same thing. Mm-hmm. I think because there's so much different kinds of entertainment there mm-hmm. and it's pretty all the time. Yeah. A lot of my gigs is us flying out to places where it's nice and cold 
And so it's hard to be outside. So we do, you know, indoor concerts kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But we mm-hmm. don't have that in California. Okay. You can go to the beach every single day of the yeah. year. Yeah. Um, that's free. And then all the other kinds of concerts out there. And not to mention, like, movie premieres and stuff yeah. where they hire performers and stuff. Right. So um, with so much so much it's so dense and rich with cult with mm-hmm. music culture which is great but then mm-hmm. it's difficult to get a gig mm-hmm. anyway mm-hmm. so that's why i started reaching out to people like you to say okay well can i perform in dc can yes. i perform in new york yes and then eventually i was able to solicit the help of a, an agent who um mm-hmm. is fantastic and i work with dandelion artists now and so um she books like 90 percent of what i do mm-hmm. um so it's been great i love it i've been able to go to so many different interesting places very mm-hmm. popular places like new york city but also these really small towns mm-hmm. where it's like i i never would have i never even heard of this place mm-hmm. but now i'm having a great um mm-hmm. a great time oh okay no and, and and so i'm glad you even brought that up because what i also want to talk about when we come back from our from our last break uh is to talk a little bit about not only those experiences but the wonderful community that we have as children artists um your experience working with other artists and the what i call corporation we'll be uh, stand by we're going to talk talk to you shortly just don't don't go anywhere come right back washington dc's news talk 1450 am at 95.9 fm And we're back. You're listening to Uncle Devin's talk show on WOL 1450 AM, 95.9 FM, where information is power. Uh, And this is the show dedicated to helping adults, helping parents, teachers, and guardians of children of African descent and beyond know about the important role that music and arts plays in a child's development uh, and how we can get rid of music adultification. I don't know about you, but one of the things that I, I get a lot is we, we I'm asked to perform at a children's party mm-hmm. and they will have some music playing before the party mm-hmm. or during the party after I take a break. And it's absolutely not music that our children should be listening to. I mean, and and again, many times people don't have any, you know, they only know what they know. And I don't know if you've had any experience uh, with that. But as a mother, mm-hmm. how has you how have you being a, a children's music artist impacted uh, them and yeah hmm? that's part of what I, I was thinking about that when you were talking about you know the appropriateness before it is getting harder and harder to to uh, filter the content that comes into your home because kids have their own cell phones my kids are 12 yes. and 14 they're teenagers um, they get into all kinds of stuff right um, and I'm working hard to figure out how to control it but the fact of the matter is my 14 year old built the computer that he owns wow so I, I can't keep up yeah I, I mean and yeah. that's what I learned I went to a like a cybersecurity Comp, uh, workshop mm-hmm. and that's what they said like you're not going to be able to keep up right. so at the end of the day it's about being able to trust them uh-huh. and so that's a whole other thing but on the other end the way that I'm combating it is saying okay you might have this thing that, that's not good for you but I'm also going to offer you the thing, this other really rich thing that is good for you and hopefully you'll get a, a, you know you'll hold on to some of that as well mm-hmm. so um and I don't know if we're going to get into like projects I'm working on. Sure. And stuff. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But um, I one I can't talk about, but one I can talk about a little bit more freely. Mm-hmm. I'm writing a musical about um, a mother and son who go through the Underground Railroad. Wow. And that was inspired because I had a conversation this past Black History Month. No, last year, Black uh-huh. History Month. Uh-huh. And we were talking about, you know, the influence of what, what blacks have done in America uh-huh. and how they, you know, changed the history and everything. And I said, yeah, and like the Underground Railroad. And they said, what is that? Mm. Like you were at the time 11 and 13 year olds and you guys haven't covered this at all in school. Um, And then I started thinking more and more. And even if 
you know, from my personal experience, even mm-hmm. if we have learned about the Underground Railroad or slavery, it's it, it there's such a lack of humanity that comes along with that. Yes, that's and right. And so it's important to me. First, my own children, you know, from jazz history to African-American history to slavery, Underground Railroad, and all the heroes that have come before us, mm-hmm. it's important that we tell a human story. That's right. And so that's what I'm doing with this show is making sure that, you know, it's going to include laughter, right. singing, music mm-hmm. making, love, all those things. Mm-hmm. Because I think when we think, you hear a statistic like 14,000 people did this or right. 3,000 people died. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that just, you can easily gloss over that and right. you don't realize that these are individual humans who made who who loved and laughed and and cared um for the people around them well you know the other thing is that many times uh we we turn history from uh, we make it an, an event instead of a process and we need to teach mm. about the process the connection that history actually is still being made as we speak yes um and whoever is in power will determine the control of what you see in in in, in music and so um so I know that, um, you know, um, you had talked about trusting your children. You know, one of my very first guests that came on the show with the Bond Project talked about media literacy. Mm-hmm. And that is teaching children to discern the difference between right and wrong. Because and you're real right. real and not real. And real and not real. Absolutely. Uh, because we won't be around the children all the time. And so they, they're going to be exposed to different things. And we need to uh, be able to share with them um, a, a little bit. Um, well, a lot about how to discern the difference between those. And so um, now I want to see if I can put you on the spot for a moment. Okay. You got something that you can sing and share with us, um, with with the crowd? I don't know if you need me to do anything or, you know, I I'm, I'm a, I do body percussion as well. So maybe I'll add something there. But uh, what, what what can you share with the audience? Um. Okay. Well, since we're gonna, so I do I do have. I have a couple of singles that are going to come out sometime soon. Okay. Let's, let's so go. So I, I wrote this song about my dog i have a new crazy dog and um if i ask him does he want to go outside he immediately starts like kind of you know getting all frazzled and excited and crazy and i said do you want to go outside do you want to go outside and i kind of put a rhythm to it uh-huh oh so, three two clave okay. and so we just recently uh recorded it but it's kind of like this you do that for me won't go outside take yes i 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 now beat beat be outside now, beep, beep, be outside now, beep, beep, be outside now, beep, 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 beep. That's oh, kind of the idea of the song. I love it. Oh, and it, and we, we added horns to it oh, and everything, yeah. and that's going to drop probably this fall, and it is exciting. Oh, and see, and I love the up-tempo of it, too. I mean, and it's thriving, and I can almost imagine the children right now getting into it. Yeah. Okay, that's I great. test everything on my nieces because my boys are a little older, but my kid, mm-hmm. my my my, uh, my best friend's children are within the age range of, you know, uh-huh. my my target audience. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I send everything to her and say, you know, tell me if the kids like it, you know. And so her niece was like, well, you know I love to be outside. <laughs> so I think that one's going to be a hit. <laughs> so, so so, you talk about target audience. You may have mentioned it earlier, but yeah. what is your target audience? Um, I say, um, you know, at the, at the root of it, two to five, two to eight-year-olds, two yes. to eight-year-olds. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we also say that this is family music and it's for everyone. And it really depends on what show we're doing. Yes. And, um, and what the audience is like. And we have been able to, you know, cater our shows, our live shows. Mm-hmm. Um, to a wide range of audiences, sometimes even like mostly or almost all adults, right? Um, or babies. Yes. Now you know, I, I lie. When I first started, I really had to learn the difference between playing music for different age groups. 
Um, I want to give a shout out to the Boogie Babes here in D.C. I was just thinking the word Boogie Babes in my head. <laughs> yes, the Boogie Babes. The first time I played with them probably about five, six years ago. You know, I, my, I didn't realize that my, my, my music was a little more sophisticated. And I walked in and everybody's breastfeeding. Yeah. <laughs> All of them were little toddlers. And so I had to kind of adjust real quickly, which I didn't do because I hadn't developed enough material at that time. Um, and I realized the importance of uh, playing some songs that people are familiar with. Yes. Um, you know, I, I, I truly believe in, you know, 80% of all the music I do has to be original, but there's something uh, to it about also playing music that people are familiar with. Um, and, and a lot of songs, I know some of the songs, you, 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 it sounds like a, a good number of your songs are original songs. Would you say that? Yes. Hmm? Um, yes. So, you know, the first three albums were almost all original songs. I right. think the first one is completely, and then the second second and third have one song that's not original uh -huh. the last one is like more of like a folk music uh, -huh. uh homage to the african-american folk music tradition okay. um but yeah a lot of it's original but a lot of the songs like we so if i'm going to play a song that you know people know i'm going to put my own twist on it so right. we do like exactly. coming around the mountain yes but i found out that that song for example came from uh, a spiritual called um when the chariot comes so uh. we have like a more traditional style in which we do it uh, right it has kind of this soulful jazzy churchy thing happening uh, right underneath um we do miss mary mac but we do it sort of in a, like a smooth not a smooth jazz but like a like a classic mm -hmm. standard sort of style uh -huh. jazz but there's songs that people can say okay i know yes, that one yes you know well you know and, and i think even in all genres we need people that are willing to create music just for children even though most people will say that uh all gospel music is appropriate for children Many of it still isn't age appropriate, mm -hmm. or, you know, and, and they may be talking about developmentally appropriate, developmentally, developmentally proper. Thank yeah. you very much. Which is why I created um, my song called "The Church Ushers Dance," which you can mm. go on my website. And the Church Ushers Dance was really about an eight-year-old named Trey who was a pretty much a preacher's kid, never been to any secular parties or anything like that. Well, he gets a chance to go to his friend Steve's party for the first time. Everybody's doing all the latest dances. Somebody yells out, Soul Train Line. So now everybody's got to go. Well, he didn't know what to do, so he did the only dance he knew. Yeah. And it was the Church Usher's Dance. Now, you, gotta, you can go to uh, Uncle Devin's show uh, website and you can see that. But speaking of that, how can someone reach you? If they want to book you, uh, if you want to come to a, do a tour, uh, want to perform with you, how, what's the best way for them to reach you? Um, I'm on jazzyash.com. And then my agent's information is on my website under contacts. Um, her name is Sarah McCarthy. And I'm with Dandelion Artists. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how you can find me. Um, I have some other kinds of projects that are coming out that aren't performance based, but are still really exciting. I have this project coming out that I'm so excited about and I am not allowed to talk oh, about it. And I no. asked my That's agent a teaser, That's today, a I asked my agent today, I'm like, can I please talk about this? And she responded, nope, with a period. Well, but, um, I can generally say, uh -huh. I shouldn't even pull it up, but I can uh -huh. say I have a super secret project uh -huh. that may or may not be coming out. In November. Ah, okay. Well, then what I'll say is, um, you know, they say God willing and the creek don't rise. The Uncle Devin show will still be here. So if you um, release it and you want to share it to the public, let me know. I'll be glad to um, give you the airways and let people know that it's available. Thank and you. Um, and and again, I, I'm just proud of proud of you. I, you know, it's almost. Um, you know, I, I adopt a lot of nieces, and so Ashley is one of my nieces. <laughs> it's so true. <laughs> and uh, but I'm just I'm proud of your your tenacity, your commitment to children's music. Thank you. Uh, and I I really wish you the best. It was an honor to collaborate with you, and we're gonna have to 
uh, do some more as well. Um, and um, in terms of your calendar, anything coming up that um, – well, I know you'll take a little break or anything. Yeah, or, I'm taking a month off. Okay, good for you. Uh, but good. then my next show is uh, Madison Square Park in uh, New York. Okay. And then Levitt Pavilion in Connecticut. Those are in July. Okay. All right. That's wonderful. Well, I'm going all over the place. Kalamazoo. Uh, I didn't know that was a real place. Yeah, you know, I, I've always heard it. <laughs> I, I don't even know where it is. Where is it? Michigan is it Michigan? Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I've heard of it, but I never, I never been there. But, but again, you can reach uh, Jazzy Ash at jazzyash.com. Is that what it is? Yep. G a j a z z y a s h e. No e. No, no e. No e. No, don't take, don't take you the put e that, that e on there. Put the e on there. You might get something else. <laughs> Somebody doing something that don't represent her. So yes. All right. So. But I'm also uh, at, at Hey Jazzy Ash on social media. Okay. Hey Stat Jazzy Ash on social media and go check out her YouTube pages and videos yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, that too. Thank you very much for being a guest for my first hey, hour show. I'm proud of you too. Well, thank you. Doing this radio show. Thank you. Representing children's music in the best way. I love you. Well, thank you all. I love you as well. And I love everyone that took the time to listen to the show today. Thank you for your time. Uh, tune in next week. I'm going to have some more wonderful guests. Uh, and again, we're at our new time at 12 o'clock from 12 to 1 here on WOL 1450 AM 95.9 FM. And remember, life is a drum. So beat it. Hey.